What up? Once again, man, I'm back. Jersey Judah, Red Pill Party Podcast. Like I had promised, my first break, I'll jump on here. Won't spend too much time, even though if I wanted to, I can do about a 45-minute recording at this very moment, but I'm not going to do so. Um, I'm going to do 20 to 30 minutes, 30 max, and then maybe maybe towards lunch or really dinner time, which is 7 o'clock, I'll do another 30 minutes, something like, or I can wait until 9. I have a good amount of options today. No real reason to rush into shit. Um, it's been pretty much two hours at this job, and it feels kind of good because I'm at least active. I'm moving around. I have shit that I need to do. I've gotten over 50% of everything done, though, within that two-hour time period. Luckily for me, I left my laptop in the vehicle from yesterday. I was going to bring my laptop to the job on my Chromebook, really, and bullshit around. But with the rain, aka the tornado warning that went on pretty much the majority of last night, it's been, uh pretty much sitting in the car because I feel like bringing it in. Possibilities of getting fucking wet, fucked up. So I left it in the car, but today I have enough time to pretty much chill out. I'm glad it's at least Thursday. I have to admit, this has been a very quick week. I can only hope and assume that hopefully the rest of the time being Especially when the school year starts. Hopefully that's good too. Hopefully that goes by. Good time period. But enough of all that shit, man. Jersey Judah, Red Pill Party Podcast. I'm here. Trying to get through the rest of this day. Get through the rest of this week. I wanted to sort of talk about something that was off subject. I know I had three subjects, but I talked about two of them. Not fully, but mostly with the fear of freedom for men. When society tells you, or when people that don't know you tells you to be yourself, it's pretty much code for uh, fall in line. Because in all actuality... How can somebody tell you to be yourself when they may not even know who you are? They don't know what your true potential is. What your true intent is. But we have this thing in our society where just be yourself. Sometimes in order to really know who you are, you have to limit yourself around certain individuals and certain people. I'm going to be taking a couple pauses for the cause. I may cough a bit. I am smoking on some uh, 
what is this? I want to look. <coughs> I want to know exactly what strand this is. I think I've been saying this wrong for the past couple days that I've been smoking this shit. Gorilla Sour. Jeez. <coughs> Gorilla Sour. That's what I'm blowing down on right now, man. Um, but I don't know, man, like... How everything is going and shit. Like... When people tell you to be yourself, it's kind of like a cliche thing. You know... It's almost like somebody you don't know, somebody you've never met, walks by you and says how you're doing, just as a thing to say. Like, I don't like that. Like, I'll never ask a person, uh, what's up, how you doing, if I don't know you. It doesn't make sense to me. I'll say, hey, what's up? But, people don't really give a shit. Like, be... What if you are, what if you are, right? Let's just be hypothetical here. What if you are just a complete and utter asshole? What if that's who you were? What if being an asshole, being inconsiderate, and not being down to earth, what if that is yourself? Would that person still want you to be yourself? Or would they expect you to have a different attitude or a different point of view when the time is necessary. Like, let's look at me, for example. For the most part, when it comes to, like, women in relationships, I was very sort of handle women with certain care the kid glove sort of method when it comes to dealing with women not being too harsh with women you know because they're just a sea of emotions and guys aren't for some somehow guys are just completely forgot about any consideration for a man is almost unnatural and you'll have the group of men, especially the ones that I'm speaking for right now, which are the nice guys, right? <laughs> I feel really sorry for you, man, and I'm not trying to be funny. Because you're being told one thing, but the women who tell you this, they go another direction. They say, be yourself. Just don't change who you are. But at the same time, they say, you're not good enough. <laughs> change who you are, don't change who you are, it's just, you're not good enough for me, be yourself, just be yourself though, be yourself, you see the mixed messages, that's kind of being spread by a lot of women, by the way, I finally grabbed those Pepsis that I had brought with me, Throw them in the freezer. I still had a bag of ice that was still there from earlier in the summer. That was still there. I was like, awesome. Cup, ice, Pepsi, all in cracking. But see, women, I don't think women understand why guys are the way that we 
are. But my intentions in the beginning, I can tell you, just like most men will tell you, was not to go this direction. I would have rather came across, I don't know, olive skin, maybe a Hispanic chick, maybe a Italian chick, um, Colombian chick, even though Hispanic, all that. And I would win her over with my natural God-given charisma, my natural God-given game, and we would probably have I don't know, two, three kids. I do want the majority of daughters. Especially, like, I, I have... I have several nieces, but there's one niece in particular that really made me want a daughter, right? But I would always have maybe one or two sons. Bad. I already know they're going to follow after me and my attitude and my arrogance. Even the thought of that still today gets me excited. But unfortunately, I tend to think more realistic. I don't see any women that I would want carrying my child. Sure, physically, oh yeah, the child is going to look great. Look at this woman. But her attitude, if her attitude is shit, then what's the point? You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of guys who don't really think long term, like... Alright, I'm gonna smash this bro. I don't got a condom, but she says she's on birth control, so I gotta roll the dice. Uh-uh. I think they said there's like 23 female um like uh birth control, what do they call contraceptions? And the man has a condom, <laughs> and that's barely effective, especially with the manipulation that these women can do with condoms, they can just poke holes in them go in thinking you're well protected she comes to you within the next couple of months three months telling you that she's pregnant i think it's a lot of bullshit with um a vast majority of women because like i said they'll tell a nice guy to be yourself just stay who you are but at the same time she is in the long run, it's the slowest and longest rejection that a woman can give a guy. Is be yourself. When a lot of these women don't really know shit about you. So how can she tell you that for you to be yourself when you may be a complete fucking asshole? See, me, I knew there was a point I reached where it was like, I don't, I no longer see women as a whole as just being a group known for being trustworthy people but like I said I'm more realistic a lot of guys are utter assholes they're utter dickheads there's not much that's going to change them when it comes to that except themselves if they look at themselves and go there's these things that I need to change about myself then nine times out of ten they'll take the time in order to do it but until then they have to deal with their issues these women have an advantage although it's really a disadvantage long term but they have the emotional uh, investment for men 
a man will give up a lot of things in his life to settle down with a woman. A woman is not willing to do that much for a man, especially a man who thinks that way. It's fucked up. It's a fucked up thing to say, and it's a fucked up subject, a sub-subject to suggest that the man and his traditional ways or maybe how he was raised or what he believes simply is not effective today. Not with the percentage of women that I'm talking about. And like I said, you have guys like Kevin Samuels who are known by the majority of women for a reason. I don't think he's a snake oil salesman. I don't think he's beta. I don't think he's anything besides a man with a message that a lot of women receive. Some women take it as a positive, a wake-up call. Other women take it as an insult, and they get embarrassed, and they get annihilated online. I love it. But you got to understand that the Kevin Samuels way isn't going to be your way. The Kevin Samuels method, since he does talk about high-valued men, is for a small percentage of everyday living and breathing men. That's a fact. That's a fact. Therefore, there has to be more guys who step up and represent. See, I represent a fallen generation. I represent the millennials. My talking points are going to come from my experiences as that time coming up as a millennial, as a teen, as an adolescent. And in my adulthood, I should have a positive message going forward to remind maybe the younger generation coming up that there will be mistakes that you will make along the way. Don't make the ones that I've made. (laughs) You understand? That's what the general message is in a lot of my topics and videos. We can erase the red pill. Huh? Yeah, that's right. We can erase the manosphere. Fuck that. We can erase the red pill. Fuck that. And we can just talk about being a man and the trials and tribulations and the realities of becoming a male adult and being that the counterpart is almost anti-productive. They're not really active, they're reactive. They're not proactive, they're deactive. They will not understand the problems, the trials and tribulations or care about what men go through. This is why a lot of guys like myself say, fuck these bitches too. Why should I care about your wants and needs? Women can turn their fantasies into realities, but only in their perception of what they live or how they live. A woman who feels sexually liberated by 
giving her body out to any and everything attracted to her seems to benefit her short term until she may reach a point to where she's of age where her friends are married, her friends are in long-term relationships, her friends have children. Ultimately, her friends have a purpose within that man, which the man becomes a woman's purpose. That's only when that happens. When a man... Let me explain something. And trust me, I know. When a man invests time and emotion into women and you'll you'll deal with a four or five year relationship if that man in that process gives himself emotionally and he invests his time into a woman the woman is either going to receive that or she is going to reject it Now, just because a woman rejects it, it doesn't mean that she's not in a relationship with the man. She just doesn't respect the man. And she's probably already exercising the hypergamy to step up and find something better, but she's just not going to leave one branch without extending her arm to another, a.k.a. monkey branch. Shout out Roel Tomasi. Shout out to... The men who stand by what they say. I don't give a fuck if a majority of the people hate you. If you stand by what you say as a man, you're a man. You deserve respect. A lot of people are wishy-washy. A lot of people are wishy-washy. They'll go from one opinion to another opinion and think that nobody is paying attention to what they're saying versus what they're doing, a.k.a. women. <laughs> I'm joking, but I'm not. I just really get tired of being measured by what I do instead of who I am and me having to look at a woman for who she is instead of what she is, which is a hoe, a thought. the behavioral patterns the emotional baggage that usually comes with it it's never something that like a lot of guys they'll compromise I forgot the dude who played uh, Phil Phil Leotardo from The Sopranos I forgot his name man but rest in peace I know he passed away a couple years back maybe even more but he was talking about in one episode how he had to compromise. He couldn't have sex when he was in the joint, so he compromised. He made a pussy out of a sock. He wanted a steak while he was in the joint, but he had to compromise. He made grilled cheese off of a radiator. <laughs> That's, like, look, most dudes, we just compromised. And we're told that we need to compromise, right? We need to settle down. We can't have any self-pride to want a woman who we see as a woman we want. We have to go down. We have to date down. A man never dates up unless his money is up. Facts. 
a man never dates up unless his status is up or unless his money is up. And status in the long run equals money anyway. You can be, there's the sex symbol, men, and there's the status symbol with women. The sex symbol can be a a woman and a man, but through the sake of this conversation, we're going to say the sex symbol represents the woman, right? The physical features that most men go crazy over, most men can't handle themselves when they see these women. You know, the dogs out there, let me get a bark out there for all you fucking (laughs) wolf whistles and all that shit. A lot of dudes are just savages, man, and I love it. I don't give a fuck. I love it, right? A quote-unquote nice guy is the woman's true criminal, and I'm going to tell you why. What she wants, she doesn't realize she wants it until it's too late. Everybody's already had her by the time she begins to view herself as a commodity. When she finally has like a feeling of um, self-importance, she will look back for the nice guy. She'll look back, she'll see if he's still around, Most nice guys are nice by nature. (coughs) And a percentage of nice guys play a facade. I'm going to say this again. (coughs) Contrary to what women believe, a nice guy, right, is nice by nature. You only usually hear about the quote-unquote nice guys who get taken advantage of by women. We don't usually talk about the guys who also take advantage of the quote-unquote nice guy. I knew knew somebody. I had a friend. Old friend. We're not really friends anymore, but old friend. And this old friend of mine was the quintessential I hope I'm saying that correctly the quintessential nice guy okay he was the nice guy if you didn't have money and he knew you or knew of you he'd look you out nice guy You know, the guys that will give you the shirt off of his back, I'm pretty sure there was a couple of incidences where I've seen him give his shirt off of his back to somebody else. He's that nice of a guy, right? The problem is, the problem is, his nice, his kindness, I should say, his kindness and his generosity was his downfall. I'm not gonna real. I'm not gonna use any like names. Or I'll just use an alias. Um, let's say he was Jacob. Kid name was he was his name was Jacob. Nicest guy, right? He was 
overweight, had acne, um, but he had a lot of people around him. They weren't what I would consider to be his friends, but he had people around him. But as I stated, his generosity and his kindness was his weakness, right? So you got Jacob, this kid Jacob, always hung out with a kid named Randy. Now, of course, all of these names are really another name, but I'm improvising right now. Jacob and Randy were good friends. Randy was a Middle Eastern kid. He was a Middle Eastern kid who was half black. That was always his claim to fame. He was half black, so he was one of the niggas. Like that was, but I already told him he was Middle Eastern, so he was already a sand nigga. But you know, that's jokes. We're talking here. Okay, people, let's get over it. Laugh a little. But it always said, well, for me, it's better to be a land nigga than a sand nigga. But like I said, we'll keep going. He was average built, a little overweight, but still average built. He took care of himself more, but he still had the low self-esteem, just like his friend Jacob. And these kids hung out constantly every day, right? I used to always hang out with them Buster Balls. This is a while ago. You're almost talking almost 10 years ago. And Jacob, like I said, nicest dude. Always looked out for people. I used to hang out with him, his friend Randy. Um, We'll say Jimmy, a kid named Jimmy. And um, what's a what's another? Uh, I'm trying to use another name for another person. Oh man! Paul. Say his name is Paul. Uh, they used to always be in the circle. Circle would usually be this kid Jacob. We would meet up at a parking lot. We'd just skate at the parking lot for like two or three hours. Go back to Jake's house, smoke, skate for a little bit more, and then, you know, go home, do whatever. And anytime somebody needed cigarettes, anytime somebody needed money, he would always look them up. One day, I kind of, I didn't pull him aside per se, but I kind of took myself out of a circle, out of a circle of people, and kind of just zoned in my zone. And he came over, and I kind of conversated, tried to pick in his brain because he seemed too nice of a person to not know anything about. You understand? So I'm asking him. So if anybody needs cigarettes, you just give him one. And he was like, yeah, man, that's, that's just like, that's what I do. That's what I do. And I was just blown away by this shit. I was like, oh, all right, that's cool, whatever. You know, I had my own shit, my own money, whatever. You know, in fact, if he looked out so many people that I would feel obligated that if he needed anything, I would, you know. But later on, <clears throat> 
during our friendship, there was uh, an event that a lot of people may know called the Mountain Detour. The Mountain Dew Tour. And the Mountain Dew Tour is surfing, skateboarding, BMXing, I think rollerblading. Not sure if they still have that even going on, but inline skating, they call it. They had all these events that happened. And we were going to this event in Ocean City, Maryland. It's a long drive, but it was totally worth it because we were going to stay at this nice room. It was actually two rooms because it was four of us. Stay there for, I think, for the most, I think, two full days. We left the following morning. And everybody wanted to get shit set up, so, you know, smoking. Everybody at least brought the accumulant of a quarter with them. And it's the night before we're going. Everybody's excited, right? I'm stoked. My cousin who went with me, he also was stoked. We all had everything we needed. I said, yo, let's meet up. This is the night before we were going to the do tour. Let's meet up. Y'all bring a little weed and we'll roll up something. Don't bring all of your shit. That was the one thing that I remember saying to everybody. And it was a group text, if I'm not mistaken. This is how old we're talking here. We're talking a group text to four people that I'm meeting up with. Don't bring too much weed. Don't bring too much shit on you. I was always cautious because I knew at the time where marijuana was illegal that, hey, if I get caught with this shit, I'll have to deal with the consequences. Especially because I'm at the job right now, right, where I lost it 2015 because of a fucking roach. This is how the cops work. So anyway, we all meet up, boom. Everything's cool, copacetic, oh, you got the blunt, yeah, I got it right here. We usually go to this spot that's pretty much on the outskirts of the town. Alright, so it's like a yacht club that's at the end of the main street of my city. And if you're walking all the way down, you get to a trestle, which is like, you get to like a skinny little boardwalk. And on the side, you're pretty much on the side of a popular train route that goes through good portion of New Jersey and it's connected to several others so we usually go down there but because it was already nighttime I think it was about 7.30 8.30 or maybe 8.30 9.30 because it was the summer so it had to be about 9 9.30 we didn't want to go down there so there's a path that you cut through or really it's a park essentially at the end of the street to the right 
and straight down is the trestle and the spot we smoke at. We decided to cut through the park. Bad idea. Because as soon as we walk directly up that pathway to get into the park, we're standing there, we're bullshitting, we're joking around. We're about to just pull out the Dutch and roll it, or pull out the Dutch and smoke it, I'm not sure if anybody had anything rolled up already. I had a blunt on me that I was going to roll. And this kid, Jacob, was the one responsible for bringing the greenery. Police pull up. Lights they put on. It was uh, two cops in one car. So, just on this occasion, not only did we get the red and blues, but we had two of them in one car. Two pigs in a blanket. They come up, ask everybody what they're doing. Like, oh man, we know we're just hanging out here. Nothing. I had my laptop with me, right? I remember having my laptop with me, and I had my bag on my shoulder. You know, like the old school laptop bags. So he asked me, what did I have in there? I was like, you can go through it. It's my laptop. You know, I didn't really give a shit. I had nothing on me. I was cocky, arrogant. I just wanted these police officers away from me as soon as possible without any BS, without any bullshit. So I was very compliant. Everybody else that I was with was compliant. I'm looking over at Jacob, and Jacob looks like he's about to fucking have a nervous breakdown. He's like beat red. Jacob was a Caucasian, by the way. I'm sure I've never seen a black person beat red. But anyway, um, he looks beat red, like he's about to pass the fuck out. And when he, I knew, like, I knew by how he looked what that meant. You understand? Like, I knew by how he was reacting that he fucked up. The shit that I told him to do before leaving his house and meeting up with us, he did not do. And I just remember just shaking my head and going, damn. Searched through my bags, nothing for me. This one kid we hung out with, we call I'll call him Paul. He was a fucking idiot. Right? I know a Paul, I know a couple of Pauls, and the real person's name is not Paul. Okay? I promise. I'm just using that name because I can't find anything else to that starts with the letter P without Patrick. Because there is a person named Patrick in the story. But he wasn't involved per se. But anyway, searches everybody, goes to this kid Paul. Paul has a fucking switchblade on him. 
like it's the fucking 70s. Like we're part of the fucking warriors. So the cops are pretty much busting his balls. Joking around with him, saying this isn't the 80s. A whole lot of, it was actually pretty fucked up, but funny at the same time. But they fuck with him, give him, take away the knife. They don't give it back to him. Just take away the shit. Search everybody else. Search my cousin. He's good. Search another dude, uh, Randy, that was with us. He was good. Now they go to Jacob. Jacob's like, he's shaking like a fucking feather. Never seen a fat person shake as much as I saw Jacob shake that night. They reach in his pockets. They say, what do you got on you? He didn't say nothing. out a cigarette pack so I'm thinking alright it's a cigarette I'm figuring he brought too much as in I don't know a fucking a dub or something this dumb motherfucker brings the whole quarter Jacob has the whole quarter stuffed in a cigarette pack and he's done you know they already put him in handcuffs the one thing he did have on his side was he never got in trouble for anything, so he would have just got community service. <clears throat> he wasn't able to go with us to Ocean City, Maryland because of the situation. And to top it off, this is where the friendship ends. He decided to instead cooperate with the police in order to get someone who was selling locked up. But Jacob, and the source of it all, was too nice for his own good. He was so nice that he was stupid. His kindness caused so many people to use him and depend on him for certain things and I'm not sure what he's doing with his life I hope he's well I never had a personal issue with him but I really couldn't fuck with him after he literally cooperated and snitched on a dealer just to get out of his situation caused a huge divide at that time I remember I looked at people, I looked at everybody around me differently from that moment forward. It was like a reality check, but like not like a red pill per se. It's just understanding your environment and understanding the people around you and knowing their intentions if you choose to get close to those people. First of all, understand or know why they are in your life. I don't think a lot of people, a lot of men do that. When you have certain people that come around you, when you have certain things, are they really around you when you don't? And if they're not, then they're not the people you want to really be around with when you have a come up. These be the niggas that try to rob you. You feel me? These be the niggas that try to rob you. And... They don't have any shame. They don't give a fuck. 
They don't care about your livelihood. They don't care about your family. They want what you have at all costs. It's why I tell niggas to arm themselves. See, me, I'm not a gun person. I like guns, but in video games. I'll tell you that straight up. I like like guns, but in video games. Actually, I like bow and arrows, too. I play a lot of Far Cry. Shout out to the Far Cry fans. I'm not really sure about this new game, Far Cry 6, coming out. But we're going to see. If it's out now, or if it was out, like, in a couple weeks, I would have bought it right now. Because I have the money to do it. See, a bitch can't tell me about making money. I've been making money my whole life. Yeah, I didn't have to hustle. I didn't have to stab nobody in the back in the process. I didn't have to be a snake in order to get my hands dirty. I didn't have to be a snake in order to get my hands dirty. Most men can't say that. Because if you're in the dirt, if you're in dirt or if you do dirt, a lot of people know the consequences. And like I said, with Jacob, Jacob knew that I told him specifically not to bring much with you. If he had a little bit, they would have gave him a court date and told him, have a nice fucking day. Have a nice night. But since he had so much on him at a time period where the legalization of marijuana wasn't looking good <laughs> as an outcome, they looked at him as he as if he was a dealer. You know what I mean? He didn't hold to his word and position that he was in. If even if he even if he would have took that charge, went to court, deal with the circumstances, I looked at him different from him not leaving a certain amount home. I would have still looked at him different. But the icing on the cake was him cooperating. That was the icing on the fucking cake. Because it was like, damn, dude, you didn't hear anything that I was telling you? Then you fuck up, you get caught. You're not willing to take accountability for your mistakes. So you put another guy in the crossfires because of that? That's not good, man. That's not traits of a fellow brother. That's a, that's traits of a traitor. That's traits of a snake. It slither its way through whatever uh, measurements necessary to get out of a certain circumstance or, or certain dangers. Guys who grew up in a certain environment have a certain way of moving. See, like I move to myself. I move to myself. I don't 
I don't need an entourage of people to feel important. If my message isn't, impo- isn't important to folks, then they have no reason to listen or they have no reason to participate. And I would have zero plays. I would have zero participation in this podcast. There were times when I was doing that. I was on Facebook with a real message. I was on Facebook with a real purpose and real meaning of what I was saying. And I would get little to no participation. We're talking hours of research before recording. I always talk about the reach that I had at a certain point, but I had to start from nothing. The people who actually showed support were people I never met. So I couldn't personally meet up with them, thank them, smoke with them, kick it with them, relate to them as individuals. But I had all of these people around me, right, that would go on the low and go, yeah, 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 you're doing good work. Yeah, I like your videos. But they're not really participating. They're not the ones that's going to really be in your corner when you need that real support for a YouTube channel or anything that you're trying to get off the ground organically without any fuckery or bullshit or feeling that they're entitled to something in return. They can't just be generous. But you be the type of guy who's generous all the fucking time. Bending backwards for people who need you one minute, but then when they have everything that they need, you don't hear from these people. You don't see these people. They forget about you. As a man, you're easily forgettable to a woman because in her mind, there's so many other options that she can measure up against you. You could be a fucking action hero. You can be an action hero, but she'll always look at you and say, well, if you had disability, you would be better. If he did these things to me in the bed, you would be better. She'll always measure to a higher and bigger male. Bigger status. Bigger when it comes to attraction. Bigger when it comes to responsibility and purpose and what he does with his life and how he makes a living. Men are essentially uh, disposable. Yeah, I said it. Most of us need to hear it because most of us need to come to that reality and either be a part of the people who are doing better for themselves for the purpose of being a better self are doing it for themselves in search for women and in search for that special someone and a basket full of disposable thoughts and um, Twitch streaming and TikTok twerking and useless challengers with useless challenges with nothing to offer relationship-wise, dating-wise, communication-wise. These bitches can't have a conversation any real importance so besides the looks what is there think about that for a second women this is why we're out of the dating scene this is why we're out of here right 
you're worried about us moving up, but we're moving out. I think that's a Tom Petty quote. I could be mistaken. But this is why. Women look at men financially, physically, and with that combination, she'll have emotional uh, attachments. The man who just has things financially, he is what is called a beta male provider. We call these men beta male providers because they make a good sum of cash, but they still live with the blue pill thinking, the Disney dynamic, the soulmate theory, which is why a lot of the women who are broken down at the end of the carousel and they approach the wall, they look for these men to help raise themselves. These women are like children. She looks for a man to help raise herself. She hasn't had a real father in the household. She looks for substitutes. Even if it's twisted in a sexual matter that a lot of guys don't usually talk about, but I always find it be weird. The women who yell daddy when they're getting fucked. It's always like weird shit that I just don't really subscribe to but I'm just that's just a personal preference um because of all this right the man can only look at a woman in a physical sense because in a lot of times they promote themselves in a physical sense alright without the physical without the vagina and the power in which the vagina represents to a lot of men and a lot of simps and manginas themselves is without that the man has to go even lower down the sexual market value to more available women who may not have the looks they may not be in shape they may have all of the looks being shaped and have zero personality. That's the reality of it. Guys would would only settle even lower dealing with the modern day women today. So the guy says, why settle down where I can just leave? I can just tap the fuck out. I don't give a fuck. My job is more important. My career is more important. My livelihood is more important. My future is more important than the majority of modern day thoughts that are out here. It's a fucking reality. I can't believe I'm going over 30 minutes. It's actually 51 minutes in the fucking building. This will definitely be added on to the list. Well, actually, no, this only the second hour as if that's nothing it's only the second hour today of me recording sitting in my vehicle on my phone my bluetooth headset i imagine if people drove by and they didn't see the headsets they would think i'm fucking retarded which i probably am at this point in my life i tell guys like you have to really embrace the idea of isolation when men hear isolation, or better yet, when women hear isolation, they look at it as punishment. When men, it's difficult to explain. When I hear isolation, I think of a moment of solitude 
and a moment to prepare and a moment of meditation, a moment of brainstorming, uh, creative ideas, more, I guess, right brain ideas, more constructive thought when it comes to doing certain things. I'm able to collect thought in isolation. Beforehand, I would collect thought in isolation and just smoke weed all fucking day. Don't get it twisted. I still blows it down. I still smoke. I talk about it a lot. I smoke a lot on the podcast. But I used to substitute the creative activity with just lazy bullshit smoke weed all day what did I used to do besides that I wasn't skateboarding at the time I think my ankle was really fucked up at that time didn't skateboard as much worked most of the hours didn't do any podcasting did none of that shit actually Didn't know anything about the red pill, but living in the blue pill world and was definitely on the beta end of the spectrum. The only thing that I had going for me was I was able to stay in decent or pretty much in good shape. Um, Yeah, constantly skating, coming from the years of doing martial arts, still being physically active, still moving around, still socializing, but I just didn't have the drive to really do anything at that particular time in my life. So smoking, for example, was something that I didn't need at that time. I just did it. It's not not that I really need it now either. I do it more today as a casual activity. Like the fuck, wake up, smoke a joint, go to work, go on break, smoke a joint. I don't give a fuck. I don't look at it as something that prevents me from doing my task. In fact, I tend to be more cautious and be more on point. But that's for another topic, I think. I really enjoy the idea just alone of being able to speak my mind freely on a platform that can be viewed by as much as two people or as much as 20 people in due time. I I also find it interesting, right? Because I thought about it earlier today. I had this thought. I had a friend who now lives in Indiana, right? Well, really, he's an old friend. I don't really keep up with him anymore. You know, time and life happens and everybody's in, in their own fucking, you know, space. Everybody's in their own world going to their own jobs and having their own problems and paying their own bills and shit like that, you know what I mean? But I remember like 2005 or 2006, matter of fact, I have enough Wi-Fi juice to look this up real quick. Let me see something. My boy wasn't that far off. So my boy was pretty much one of the first people who came up with me 
but mostly him, the ideas of what a podcast is today. And the reason why I say this is, they say the first podcast was invented in 2004. Po- or the idea of a podcast was invented in 2004 when Adam Curry, former MTV video jockey, which I know him, and a software developer, uh, coded a program known as iPodder, which enabled them to download internet radio broadcasts to their iPods. So the podcast was actually from the iPod. But me and my boy used to carry around this old school tape recorder. And we were, this is 2004, 2005. So I was in the 10th or 11th grade. All right. And 2004 was the tail end of my sophomore year. So that could technically around that time we would listen to the radio listen to certain songs record certain songs and then talk over it as if we were DJs and then we would stop and have these random discussions about dumb shit and we would goof around a lot of dumb humor and then we would go back to recording more shit on the radio or if a bunch of old heads were on a corner talking about something idiotic and stupid that wasn't incriminating, by the way, we would record that. And do that during that time period, there wasn't anything that was nationally known as a podcast until later on. But apparently, 2004 was around the time this happened. But also around the time 2004 occurred was around the time that we were doing this. And we had that vision at that time where I said this would probably end up being the future of what we would consider quote-unquote radio because with the ability to easily turn the radio on and go to certain frequencies and, and certain stations the person would have that ability on his own device so anybody a person who's in India doing a podcast you have the ability to listen to him a person who's doing a, a podcast in Rome, you can now look up their podcast, and at that time, we really didn't know what the fuck we were talking about, because number one, it was already being thought of, but we were just one of the people who thought ahead of it, and said, well, what if this happened in this certain fashion, where it could be radio, but it can be more of the person's personal uh, variation of music that he likes, or the people that he's in tune with. He can help them promote their music at the same time. He can have his little talk portion where he can talk his shit, talk about things going on today and things that used to happen and blah, fucking blah. But this is what I'm doing today. It's very, it's very funny. It's funny because at certain times, I really don't know. Like, I had to really think back, but I remember for a fact, like, we were one of the people kind of brought up the idea of the podcast or what I what I would like to call a uh, vodcast a vodcast would be your podcast on video but in my perspective it becomes an experience where it's a podcast where you see me get up you see me set everything up drink a cup of coffee smoke smoke a joint smoke a cigarette 
lollygag bullshit and then you see me do my day-to-day activities or the show where people are there or it's just me something like that but anyway I think I've talked enough for today I was going to actually do something later on but I still have the few topics that I have that I didn't mention that I can easily mention tomorrow or I can mention throughout the weekend. I already talked about eventually taking one fucking day off. But I've been too busy producing work throughout the weeks. Like even today, I recorded, started an episode, but then I understood and realized that I couldn't share it and couldn't really do anything with it until the next day. So I kind of kept that in the cuff. This episode, same situation. You know, I can do an entire one fucking hour of communication and important issues and a lot of bullshit. But I really can't do anything with them until the following day. So I'm really just collecting data collecting space, occupying space on my phone, doing as much content as possible. So if I needed to take a couple days off to myself and just focus on what I have to do momentarily, I can do so with at least four or five in the cuff. So throughout the week, I may put this episode on a Friday, tomorrow, right? But it will be tomorrow. And whatever I do, going forward, I still have four more episodes backtracked that I didn't get a chance to upload and really edit. And along with these work hours, that seems to be the only logical thing that I can do, so I do it. And for the time being, it is what it is. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy podcasting. Even though my voice is fucked up, my nose is still stuffy. I haven't smelled anything for a week now. I've had, I have high quality smoke that I love the smell of. And because my nasal region is so clogged up, sometimes I can breathe through my nose, but when I'm talking, sometimes it closes up. That's why I take momentary breaks. But... I would appreciate a little break every once in a while, but I also wish that I was in better circumstances where I could just set up the laptop and just go live on YouTube. Like, yo, I'm on my break. I'm going to spread a 15, 20 minute message, upload it, and keep it pushing. That's kind of where I want to get at. And I've already went through a lot of uh, reconstruction to the podcast, whether it sound quality certain things that I talked about now I can sort of focus on furthering the operation I need another laptop if I had another laptop it would be perfect like an actual PC laptop not a Chromebook which I pretty much usually I'd usually play like like N64 and shit on my Chromebook they got these these teachers. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Jesus fucking Christ. These teachers would be knockouts, man. 
this one chick right here, I'm gonna tell you, she's walking by. She's like tall, right? Like nice legs. And the way that she walks, you know, she knows she has it. The way she walks. Look at that strut. I'm a savage, dude. I'm gonna tell you what. What happened with me going forward was I understood that emotionally I'm not compatible with these women. Like I can't tolerate the victimhood mentality when a lot of these women have so many advantages that other women throughout the world don't have. If I was a misogynist, I wouldn't have made that point. I would have just said all women are this and that. No, I don't I don't participate in that. Thoughts are thoughts. Hoes are hoes. Bitches are bitches. They can call themselves and consider themselves different. But the general population of or the majority of men are going, yeah, she's a hoe. So it's how you carry yourself. The hardworking man, the dedicated man, the man who's occupied with his work schedule doesn't really have time to really go back and forth with somebody about small uh, microcosmic type of dysfunctions and bullshit. When something major happens or when a situation really needs to be tended to, that's where the men are there for. The bullshit, the bickering, the going back and forth, let's just keep that with a lot of the dysfunctional women. Not all, not all. Not all, not all, not all, not all. But most. Uh... It's about that time, man. It's about 5.30 on the Dizot. Or really, 5.29. Get ready to wrap this shit up. I think I have a couple things I still have to do here. But for the most part, majority of what I need to get done is finished. So other than that, man. Smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. I said smooth sailing. Smooth sailing here on out um we're getting ready to wrap this shit up man it's been another time it's been another pod it's been another day and as i always like to say in the meantime and in between time jersey judah red pill party podcast signing out for today most likely for the next day as well we will check this out on friday i will catch you guys on the weekend I plan on doing the Weekend Red Pill as always. The third edition of the Weekend Red Pill. I am keeping count. Like, for example, I think with the podcast episode, I'm at like 87 or 88 episode. But that's just a fun fact. But as I always say, man, I'm signing out. Okay? Okay.